Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 to 37. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the fire of hell. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your words be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, I'm blessed by a friendship with Rabbi Larry Cernovitz of Temple Cole and Meth, a synagogue over in East Cobb. Rabbi Larry and I get lunch sometimes. Sometimes he comes here to the church, which is a delight for two ladies on the church staff who think he's kind of cute. <laughs> but getting lunch with Larry also causes me, in me, a little bit of anxiety because it seems that I have an ingrained pattern of picking food that Rabbi Larry cannot eat. I may have inherited this pattern of serving non-kosher food to Jewish friends from my mother. When I was young, when I was a young kid living in Virginia Highlands, my best friend was Jewish. 
We played together all the time, only he started going home to his house before dinner was served at mine, after one faithful evening when my mother served him pork roast. I haven't taken Rabbi Larry out for pork barbecue or fried shrimp, but the first time he attended a breakfast that our church organizes for local clergy in the community, he was served a nice big helping of breakfast casserole, bacon and sausage included. Last time he ate here, I ordered out to be more sensitive. I ordered a salad, hold the bacon bits. Only he still couldn't eat what I had ordered at that time because it's against kosher guidelines to eat the mother with her chick, and I had grilled chicken along with hard-boiled eggs on the salad. Last month, we had lunch again. We went out so that he could order for himself. I ordered what he got. The problem was solved. And aren't you Presbyterians glad that we don't have to worry about such dietary restrictions? Or maybe you were glad until you read the second scripture lesson for today. Here in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is clear that his commandments will take the commandments of Moses a step further. For here he continues the sermon that we heard the first half of last Sunday, saying, You've heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. You've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. With these commandments, Jesus calls us not just to guard our actions, but even our thoughts. Therefore, I say that for us Christians, so much more is required than abstaining from certain foods. We must be ever mindful of how our words, actions, and even the thoughts inside our heads can affect our relationships. And wait... There's more, for to sum all his words up under one neat yet challenging theme, notice that Jesus is here commanding us to make our broken relationships right rather than walk away from them. There is no easy way out of relationships, Jesus says. And I don't like that idea because when I was in fifth grade, my, my nose started bleeding in class. Everyone around me accused me of picking my boogers. <laughs> so as soon as I got home, I announced to my mother, I'm never going back to that school again. That's what I wanted. Rather than walk back into an embarrassing situation, Rather than uh, talk a misunderstanding out, rather than air my grievances and possibly find resolution, I find myself simply wanting to walk away. So personally, I'd say that what Jesus has for us this morning is an even greater challenge than avoiding bacon. For I would give up bacon, ribs, and pork barbecue if I could just walk away from the people who I've hurt who have hurt me. I'd never eat another fried shrimp if I didn't have to go and apologize to the people I've wronged. In fact, so strong is my resistance to reconciliation that years ago, 
My friends and I were asked to leave the neighborhood pool by the lifeguard. I could hardly force myself back to that pool to make it right again. This is how it all unfolded. When I came home from the pool early that summer afternoon, my mom asked me why I wasn't still there. No reason, Mom, I said, and slunk off to my room. Only smelling something suspicious, she called me back to the kitchen to try and pull the truth out of me. I told her that we had been asked to leave by the lifeguard for not following her instructions. Rather than sitting out of the pool during adult swim, we kept on swimming. When my father got home, was it that way in your house? Mom would say, wait until your father gets home. He had a conference with mom in the kitchen while while I waited in the living room. They decided that I needed to go and apologize to this lifeguard. Well, I didn't want to apologize. They countered, if you don't go apologize, you, you can't go back to that pool for the rest of the summer. Fine, I said, I'll just not go back. Now, can you imagine that? A 10-year-old boy, all that hot Georgia summer, staying home while his friends swim in the neighborhood pool? This is just how hard it was for me to go back into such an uncomfortable situation. I would rather walk away. Isn't that foolish? Fortunately, my dad saw my attitude as short-sighted. He drove me up to that pool. I walked up to that lifeguard. I told her I was sorry for how I had behaved, which took all the courage that I could muster. I imagine she would yell at me or judge me harshly. I don't know what I was so afraid of, but the last thing in the world I wanted to do was to go up and face that lifeguard I had wronged to apologize. However, can you imagine what happened once I did? Do you know how she responded to me when she saw me with tears in my eyes trying to force out the words, I'm sorry? She responded to me with compassion. She offered me grace. I tell you all this just to say that for me, again, I'd rather give up bacon, ribs, and barbecue I'd rather give up going to the pool for an entire summer than face someone I've disappointed. But every time I have done it, every time I put my vulnerable self out there to really apologize and make it right again, it has been so much better than I feared it would be. Has it ever been this way with you? Reverend Dr. Joan Gray was the interim pastor here back in 2016. I've heard her say... What people don't know, they make up. And what they make up is almost always worse than the truth. You want me to say that again? What people don't know, they make up. And what they make up is almost always worse than the truth. When I don't know how someone will react to my apology or my attempt at reconciliation, I make it up. I imagine that they'll yell at me, hate me forever or something like that. Only how often have I been forgiven? How often have you been forgiven? How often have you received grace? 
That's what's at the heart of this long passage from the Gospel of Matthew. Don't think you can walk away. Try and make it right again. This is what Jesus commands. Therefore, I say to you, Christians, that Jesus doesn't mind so much if we eat shrimp or bacon or barbecue ribs, but he commands us to keep on accepting grace, to keep on asking for grace, and to offer grace to other people who don't deserve it any more than we do. Did you hear all that? I said that he doesn't mind whether or not we keep our heads covered. He'll be okay if we work a little bit on the Sabbath. He'll even live if we put a little bit less than 10% in the offering plate. For the main thing for him is that you bring your gift, that if you bring your gift to the altar, then remember that your brother or sister has something against you. You must leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or your sister, he said, for reconciliation matters more than your money. Reconciliation matters more than what you eat. Reconciliation matters more than what you drink. Reconciliation matters more than where you go to school or what you do to pay the bills. So if you think for a minute that you can call yourself a Christian because your kids go to a Christian school and you have a Jesus fish on the back of your car, but you hold a grudge against your neighbor and tattle on her to the HOA without even speaking to her first, then you had better think about who it is that you really follow. Did you read what Jesus said? Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Yet when the, the fights happen among people like us, everybody starts calling their lawyers. Have you ever seen it happen? You know, lawyers take a lot of heat there are more lawyer jokes probably than any other profession. I heard someone say the other day, Chris Harrison, that the difference between a lawyer and a catfish is that one is a slimy, bottom-dwelling scum sucker and the other's just a fish. <laughs> Y'all heard any good lawyer jokes? I've got more if you want to hear them later. Uh, we make these jokes about lawyers all the time. However... We're the ones who hire them. Jesus isn't sure we should be so quick to do so. Therefore, he questions the practice of dismissing your spouse, saying, it was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. That's how they used to do it. That's what Moses said they were allowed to do. Just call the lawyer and pretend that the marriage never even happened. Just call the lawyer and say to your spouse, I wish we had never met and then act like you never have. Wait just a minute, Jesus says. If you have children, you can't pretend you've never met. And while there are plenty of good reasons to get a divorce, while I've counseled plenty of couples to go their separate ways, you can't ever stop treating a person like a person, especially if they're on the other side of a lawsuit from you. Now, that's hard to do, but Jesus commands it. 
Jesus doesn't mind so much if we eat shrimp or bacon or barbecue ribs. But he commands us to keep on accepting grace, to keep on giving grace, to keep on asking for grace, and to keep on offering grace to other people who don't deserve it either. So while I'm just as short-sighted now as I was the, the summer when I, I faced the choice between apologizing or not going to the swimming pool for the whole summer, and while I'd gladly give up eating shrimp or bacon or barbecue ribs if it meant I never had to face the people I've hurt or who have hurt me, I want you to know that I've been blessed again and again when I finally summed up the courage to pick up the phone to apologize or to go and face my accuser, remembering that he or she is also a child of God. Do you know how rich life can be when we remember that we are all children of God and we treat each other that way. Y'all, last Friday, Sarah sent me into Publix to buy peaches. Somehow I'm checking out and the total is $138. How did that happen? You know how they asked, did you find everything you were looking for? Well, I found a lot more than what I was looking for. I asked the man who was bagging my groceries if he could use paper instead of plastic. And he said, ask and you shall receive. I thought to myself, man, this is about to be a good interaction here. Well, it was. Uh, that's somewhere in Scripture, he said. I'm not so good at quoting Scripture. Some people can tell you the verse who said it, just bam, bam, bam. I said, yeah, I'm not so good on that either. <laughs> then opening up a little bit, he said, now, I go to church every Sunday, but I'm not so good at quoting Scripture, chapter and verse. Where do you go to church, I asked him. He said, I go to St. Joe's, not too far from the square, right by the hospital. I told him that my next door neighbors go, go there too, Meg and Jamie Tuck, do you know them? He said, I don't but I go to the 7 a.m. Sunday service. That explains it, I said. They go on Saturday night. As though he weren't quite sure that that explains it, he said, you know, it's the strangest thing. I go out into the parking lot after the services, and sometimes I see people rushing from church to their cars just as fast as they can, fiddling with their keys as though they're trying to escape that place as quickly as possible without having to speak to anybody. It's right after the service. Just as we've received the body of Christ, and yet people are all trying to get into their car just as fast as they can. At that, I looked at his name tag and I said, Gregory, it's true. And that's about the worst thing in the world. I'm a preacher and I'd really like to quote you in my sermon this Sunday, if you don't mind. He said, well, of course I don't mind. And the peace of Christ be with you. After he said that, I... 
I sat in my car and I cried for just a minute because it was just so beautiful. My friends, it is always just so beautiful when we make a relationship with somebody. It's very hard to maintain a relationship, but it is so beautiful to keep one. Keeping a relationship matters more than what you eat. It matters more than what you drink. It matters more than uh, what you wear. It matters more than what you do on Sunday morning. It matters more than where you send your kids to school. We used to sing with Mrs. Vivian Stevens down in the church basement. They'll know we are Christians by our love. For when we treat each other like the body of Christ is within each and every one of us, that's when the good news of the gospel is truly proclaimed. So I say to you this morning and forever, the peace of Christ be with you. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.